0: Exodus 18, verses 13-27 through The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. Teach them His decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever been working on a project a task, uh, and your creative juices are just flowing. You are rocking and rolling. Things are shooting off the page. The hammer, the nails, they're flying. I mean, you are in the zone. But then it happens. You get stuck. You hit a wall. Those creative juices just stop flowing. Writers and authors, they call it writer's block. You just can't come up with another idea or thought. You're just stuck. Well, during this wilderness moment that we have been in as a church and as a country, I think I may have done some of my most creative work. And it's been mostly done out of necessity. I had to be creative in order to keep us, a Metro United Methodist Church and beyond, to keep us connected and united. But there have been moments, uh, many moments, when my creative juices were just not flowing. There have been moments where I have just hit that wall and I, I couldn't come up with another new idea and I couldn't learn another new tech thing uh, anymore. When it comes to learning new, to, new, new technology, I know there are many of you who have felt the same way. I mean, did you know before all this that you could watch uh, online services on YouTube, on your TV? No. Crazy. Crazy. But I want to tell you what has been one of my saving graces during this time. And you all know her. Her name is Kristen. Now here's the funny thing. Kristen and I realized a long time ago that we would never work well if we were ever on staff together at at a church. Or even if she was to take on a volunteer leadership position, it just wouldn't be good for our marriage. Some couples, they can do that, uh, but we are not one of those couples. And, And that's okay. We know that about ourselves. But I will tell you what she has done for me. She has been that voice in my ear, that that word of encouragement, that that wall breaker when I hit the wall creatively. That person who offers that idea or uh, this idea that that gets my creative juices flowing again. We jokingly took this picture several weeks ago. It's Kristen with the title, Metter United Methodist Church Creative Council Technical Support. Again, we won't ever actually be on staff together, but here and now, I freely admit under my own accord and my own power that she is the brains behind the operation. She was the one who suggested the Good Friday service with the other pastors in our community. She and the kids went with me uh, to film many of you waving, waving palm branches on Palm Sunday. She is my copy editor and my feedback wall. She is there for me in so many different ways. You see, we all need each other. We need someone like that in our life. And it doesn't have to be your spouse, but if you're married, I hope it is your spouse. But we need people in our lives that spur us on, support us, and are there for each other. Because here's the thing. We need each other. We need each other. We need each other in the wilderness, and when we aren't in the wilderness, we need each other in the good times and in the bad times of life. We just need each other. In our wilderness story this morning, we read, we read about Moses getting some much-needed leadership help. He gets it from his father-in-law, Jethro. Man, I love that name, Jethro. I think that's how they said it in Hebrew. Jethro. Well, Jethro had come to see Moses and to bring Moses back his wife and sons. During most of this time while Moses was helping free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt and during the early portions of their wilderness journey, Moses has, had sent his wife and his children away back to her family, perhaps to keep them safe. Now that danger from Pharaoh was gone, Jethro has brought Moses' family back to him. And when Jethro arrives, Moses tells Jethro all about what God had done for God's people. How God had rescued them from slavery, parted the Red Sea, provided manna and quail, and even brought water out from a rock. And Jethro, who was not a God follower, not an Israelite, declares, Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. In a world full of other gods, Jethro realizes that Yahweh, God, was the God. But here's where our passage this morning picks up. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Jethro goes on to say, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Now, I could do a whole sermon series on talking about the leadership principles that we learn from this passage, but here's what I want you to hear this morning. We need each other. We can't do life alone. We aren't meant to. We need the help and the guidance from one another. And this is especially true when we find ourselves in the wilderness. I think what's been most difficult, the most difficult part of of this wilderness that we all find ourselves in, is the social distancing. It's been the fact that we haven't been able to see each other and be around each other in large groups. Some of us haven't seen family. Some of us, we haven't seen our friends. And of course, we haven't been able to see each other in worship. You see, we're social people. Even us introverts who get energy off of being by ourselves, we still need each other. We still need relationships and people because we are made for relationships. It's the way God made us. The reason God made Eve for Adam was because after God had made all of creation, he looks around and he cannot find a suitable helpmate for Adam. And so out of the rib of Adam, God creates Eve one for the other. We need each other. Here in our passage, Moses was trying to lead on his own. Moses was making all the decisions by himself. Of course, God was there, but Moses was the one listening to all the human complaints and making all of the decisions, all the rulings. And then Jethro, an outsider, comes in and sees what's happening and reminds Moses that we need each other. I've already shared with you the counsel and the creative advice that I've received from Kristen during this time. I've also been blessed by being a part of two different, uh, several different pastor groups. I've mentioned before uh, that I'm about a, a group of pastors that I'm a part of that we've been together for almost 10 years now. There's eight of us that meet together and are in a group together. We're scattered all across the annual conference and they are honestly one of the reasons why I am still in pastoral ministry. They've kept me going when I felt like quitting. They have held me accountable. We have fasted together. We, uh, we have uh, met together, laughed together. We've cried together. Um, we've prayed with and for each other. They are proof to me that we need each other. I also have a smaller group of pastors that I, I message with, not only every day, but multiple times every day. The same is true for my other group. And we joke around, and we're all nerds. We love our Star Wars, but we also love our churches. And we have shared so many different ideas for ministry, especially during this time. They are proof for me that we need each other. And really, both of these small groups of pastors, a lot of, uh, a lot of them, because of them, a lot of what I have been able to provide for you and our church, could not have happened without these groups. They have given me so many different ideas for how to do ministry during this pandemic. And, and I've done the same for them. We fed off of each other. Again, they're proof to me that we need each other. And then, of course, I have a small group of men here at the church that, that I have, uh, I've been blessed to be a part of for almost two years now. And I love our group because it's a great mixture of a few young guys and a few more experienced guys. And on first glance, you you wouldn't think we would mix well together, but man, I can't imagine being your pastor without being a part of this group. And it was from this initial small group uh, of men that we formed about five to six small groups that many of you are a part of. And the things that I have heard and seen during this time of how much these groups have meant to you have been awesome to hear. One of you told me several weeks ago that your small group has been your lifeline during these days. And you wouldn't you wouldn't know how you could have handled and made it without your group. And that was when Groups were just sort of texting with each other, and now we have Zoom, and now most of our groups are meeting in person, uh, practicing social distancing. And of course, we have our Sunday school classes. A lot of our classes have been together for years, and there were uh, a few weeks when, uh, when all this started that our Sunday school classes weren't meeting. And then we started meeting on Zoom, and I believe there were a few tears that were shed when you are able to see each other for the first time in weeks uh, through the screen. Again, we need each other. We need each other when everything's going smoothly, and we need each other especially in the wilderness. We can't do life alone. We are better together. I want to go back to our text and I want you to listen to Jethro's advice to Moses. He says to Moses, select capable men from all the people and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make the load lighter because they will share it with you. You see, we need each other to make the load lighter. We need each other so that we can share the load together. The wilderness is more than we can handle alone. It is more than we can bear by ourselves. We need each other. You know, I think some of us are getting to a breaking point. For whatever reason... And probably for different reasons. Some of us are just done. We have had enough of all this. You are ready to get back to normal. You want to get back to worshiping together. You want to get back to seeing each other. And I hear that and understand that I do. But I want to, I want to prepare each of us that normal is not coming back. getting emotional just saying that. Whenever we gather together for worship, it will not be the same. It won't look the same and it won't feel the same. While I, while I don't know all the ways that it will be different, I can tell you that we won't be passing the offering plates or the red buckets. We probably won't have a gathering time, a greeting time. We won't be uh, passing out printed bulletins. Those are the things that I can say with certainty, but there are going to be other ways normal worship won't be normal. And while we can get uh, upset and frustrated or sad about this, I think we can also get creative during this time. Some of the greatest growth in the history of the church happened when our backs were against the wall. So if we need each other and life can't be done alone, but we can't gather for worship right now, and worship's going to look different when we do gather again, how can we do life together? How can we gather together and be there for each other? Well, I think I've already talked about it a good bit, and I think our scripture provides some clues. Jethro advises Moses to split the people into thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. You know what? Right now, we're in phase one of of reopening our state and our country. That means groups of more than 10 can't meet. But that doesn't stop a group of 10 or less from meeting. And do you know what number makes for a great small group? 10 or less. Jesus had the 12 disciples. If you count Jesus, that makes 13. So that was just outside this 10 uh, limit. But when you really read the Gospels, there was an inner circle of disciples, Peter, James, and John. We often read about Jesus going off alone, and he brings with him Peter, James, and John, a small group of four. When we read about the early church just after Pentecost, when God uh, grants uh, the believers the Holy Spirit, uh, and they come comes on all the believers, we read in Acts 2 about the early church and those early believers. We read this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. What we see throughout Scripture is that we need each other. And the model that Jesus uses, the model of the early church used, was small groups. And house churches. I believe God is inviting us to use this model during our days in the wilderness. We need each other. We can't do life alone. And God has provided us a way to meet together, to gather together, so that we can encourage and strengthen one another, especially during this time. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think hard and to pray hard about joining a small group. Again, some of you are, are, are a part of one, or you're a member of a Sunday school class, but many of you are not. Or perhaps some of your, your neighbors or friends aren't churchgoers or active in a church. This is a great time to invite them to be a part of our church through a small group. It's a great time for you to grow in your walk with Christ through a small group. I ask you to give me eight weeks. That's all I'm asking, eight weeks. We have a book, and uh, your group will go through that book that teaches you how to live and function as a small group. It takes you eight weeks to go through it. If you get done with that book, and you want to call it quits, that's fine. But believe me, you won't. I believe that during those eight weeks, you will learn and discover that we need each other. We are better when we aren't alone. We are better together. And right now, we can set up groups on Zoom if that's what makes you comfortable. Or we, ha- we can have groups that meet in person, uh, but that meet socially distant. For those of you that feel comfortable, this is a great time to set up groups in your home. The home is an inviting place, a great place to meet together. And on that note, I want to encourage those of you who feel comfortable... To begin to watch our online services together in your homes, perhaps with another family or two. Again, only if you are comfortable doing so. But as we await the time for us to, to, to come back into this place of worship, we can begin to do some of the other things to bring us together. And watching our services together in our homes and participating in small groups are a couple of those ways. So here's what I need you to do. If you're interested in being in a small group or if you're interested in hosting a watch party at your home, let us know on our online connection card. You can also email us or call us at the church office. But if you recognize and you realize that we need each other, we can't do life alone, Just fill out that connection card and let us know that you're interested in being in a small group and we will make that happen. Listen, now more so than ever, we need to lighten the load. We need to share the load and the burden together. We need each other. We aren't meant to live life alone. We need each other. God loves you and I love you. Amen.